Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. I want to welcome you to another episode of uh, Ignite Your Passion. We've been sharing and interviewing people, and it's been such a blessing and thrill. And so today, uh, I have a very special guest. Uh, As I've told you before, one of the great joys of this for me is to be able to just have a conversation with friends of mine who just really love Jesus. And so today, uh, I've got a friend. We go way back mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, go back to when you were just a student, Brent. This is Dr. Brent Satoff. And uh, Brent, was. Um, we've had a relationship in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah. You were. I was your pastor. You were a, a student at uh, yeah. the University of Texas in San Antonio. And then uh, you worked with me as a co-laborer. Right. Uh, and then, then you went back to school and got more degrees and more educated and became my boss. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on our board. And so you're one of the people I report to. And, right. uh, so I'm, I'm just so thankful for the relationship over the years that we have. So Brent, welcome. Just well, glad to have you. you on, on, uh, ignite your passion. And I'm, my prayer is that, uh, there will be people whose passion will be ignited to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. So. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I've, I've shared a little bit about you, but I want you to share about you. What, how did you, you know, I know one of the things that I know about you is that you, you have a, I, I think, a pretty balanced heart, and that is a heart for evangelism and a heart for discipleship. Yeah. How did that come about? And tell me a little bit about yourself, of, of how that is developed in your own heart. Well, I've, I've had a passion um, as a leader in in the church movement, uh, to be a part of a church that did both of those aspects well, created a culture where genuinely lost people feel welcome to come and explore our our faith in Jesus, and and to lead them to the place where they believe in Jesus, but also to disciple them in a way that goes beyond Bible knowledge, but really goes to deep heart change. Uh, in people's lives. And so uh, throughout my life, I've, I've tried to learn and grow in both, both aspects. I, th- I think of the purpose of the church, which is to make disciples by baptizing, which means you have to reach unbelie- unbelievers, and then by teaching everything Jesus taught us. That's the discipleship side. Now, um, let, me, let me just t- take a step back. You are pastor at City Church. You're a right. uh, senior pastor, lead pastor. Lead what, pastor. What is the official title there? Lead pastor, right. Lead pastor, okay. Uh, I, I get all the titles. I'm not good with titles. <laughs> I get them all mixed up. But, but you're there. And one of the things is you're, that, that City Church, how many people say annually do you reach and baptize and bring into the church? So uh, last year, we baptized uh, about 320 people, most of whom were adults. Uh, uh, you know, we do baptize uh, children too, but I mean, these are mostly adults who are coming to Christ as adults, uh, expressing their faith in Him. So that, that's, for most churches, that's pretty incredible. You know, there, there's been reports on uh, in the news just recently about decline over the past couple of decades in churches, but your church has just um, done the opposite. So why why would that be? What what would be different? Well, as I said, I believe uh, what we have worked hard to do, Sammy, is to create the kind of culture 
in our actual church experiences, the, the services and the programs we offer, where people who really are not, who aren't believers feel welcome there, which means you have to create an environment where people who don't believe what we believe and don't live like we live still feel welcome to come and explore our faith. And, and it makes things pretty messy, really. So, okay, what does that look like? I mean, you know, is, are you talking about music? Are you talking about uh, when they come in the building? Are you talking, you, you mentioned programs. What, what, what is that? So what does that look like? Well, so, so like Sammy, in, in our services, we do what a lot of churches, let's take our weekend service. We have music, we have prayer, we have uh, uh, messages from the scriptures. But throughout the entire service, we speak to people who are new to church who maybe don't get church, who are not used to singing songs, who, who are not familiar with the scriptures. And we talk to them and we let them know we're glad that they are with us. They're welcome here and they're welcome if they don't believe what we believe yet and that that's okay. And if they don't live the way we live yet, we're fine with that. And we tell them that. And, what it, and, and, and where that gets tested is it's one thing for me from the stage to say that, but it's another thing when people sitting by them in seats make them feel that way too. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so we work really hard. That's what we call culture. We, we work hard to create a culture where genuinely lost people feel welcome uh, to be with us, to explore our faith. The, um, you know, it, the church where I attend, you know, there's, it, it's, it's kind of very similar type atmosphere and, and it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, you see people come in and, you know, and, and they don't look like a quote, mm-hmm typical Christian, you know, but uh, they, they come in and, and they're just kind of mesmerized by what's going on and just to be able to reach out to them. And, and so how do you train the people in the church to do that? Well, so a part of what we do is when, whenever we have messages, like, like take, for example, uh, like I did a message on the uh, incident where Jesus was at a Pharisee's house at a dinner and a woman who had obviously been a prostitute, came into the home and was weeping at Jesus' feet and washing his uh, feet with her hair. And, and when, I, when we looked at that passage, I spoke first of all to the people who feel like that woman, who feel broken and wounded by life and let them know they're welcome here no matter what they've done. It doesn't matter. But then I also speak to the church and I say, we have to create the kind of culture where people who feel like she felt feel welcomed because Jesus did an amazing job of creating a culture where that woman knew she was welcome to come into his presence and touch him. And so we cast vision for that. Yeah. Now you mentioned something about programs. Do you have specific programs that are geared towards outreach of, of, of people who are not believers? If so, what kind of programs do you, do, do you have? Well, our, our strategy is to use the weekend services as our primary evangelistic strategy. And so we do gospel messages regularly on the weekends, but we, when, whenever we're teaching, we always speak to the unbeliever in our messages. So that's, that's like one of our primary strategies. But like we also have a very, um, a, a very strong, we, it's, it's our version of a recovery program to help people recover either from, from addictions or anger issues or depression. And we have like over 600 people going through this program. It's about a six-month process. And we understand that people will come into that program too, who maybe don't believe yet. Yeah. And so everything is designed so that a person who is not a believer 
yet can still be a part of the program or whatever we're providing. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of what Jesus said, or what the scripture says about Jesus, that he came to set the captive free. Mm-hmm. And so we need to establish uh, some, some places where they feel safe to come to where they're captive and they want freedom. And, and there, I believe there are a lot of people out there who, who know I'm addicted, I'm, I've got this anger issue, I've got uh, this lust issue, I've got right. whatever it is issue, and I don't know how to be free from it. I right. want to be free from it, but I don't know how to be free from it and to, and to bring them into a place where they can find that freedom in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and that's, we, we view that as, uh, you know, John's gospel described Jesus coming to the earth that he came and he was full of both grace and truth. Yeah. And so the grace part is what the person who is not a believer needs. They need to know that God has grace and God loves them. The truth part, and, and this, this is what Jesus said in John's gospel, it's the truth that sets people free. Jesus yeah. said, you'll know the truth. Uh, you know, if you hold on to my teachings, you'll know the truth. And the truth is what sets you free. And so people need both. If we only give people grace, but no truth, it's like what you said, they can experience God's forgiveness, but they'll never get free of stuff. They yeah. also have to, have to be exposed to the truth of Jesus' teachings that is what sets us free from anger and from lust and from other issues in our life. You know, um, I, I did an interview with Dr. Chuck Kelly, who's president of New Orleans Seminary, and um, he, he had coined a word, and I, and I found it very intriguing. The word is discipleism. And what he talked about was basically uh, authentic <clears throat> discipleship and uh, aggressive evangelism <laughs> and, and the two being together, that uh, uh, authentic followers of Christ. And, and, and I, I found that a, a very intriguing and very balanced thing. And I know that you have a burden for discipleship. What are y'all doing to help those new believers who come to Christ grow in Christ? Right. So we have a, a program that was actually developed by Andy Stanley's church called Starting Point. And so it's a program that, that, that where a person who maybe isn't a believer yet or is a brand new believer can come and learn some of the basics of the Christian faith and learn some of the basic spiritual principles like how to have a, a quiet time, how to read the scriptures devotionally, how to pray, things like that. So some of the basic uh, principles. And then... We have another program uh, that, that is called uh, Peel the Onion. And so that's a metaphor for peeling the layers of our lives, the hurts, uh, the challenging issues we faced in life, and going back and get healing at every layer of life. That's like our deeper discipleship program, where we take people on a journey to go back through their whole lives and to apply the teachings of Jesus to every experience they've had in life so that they, they, they develop a new way of uh, processing life as they move forward, if you, if you get the principle. Yeah, right. You teach them how to go back and apply Jesus' teachings to what they've already experienced. Then they apply those same teachings as they move forward in life. Okay, so um, <clears throat> how, how effective do you feel that part has been? And, and, and it, obviously the, your, your outreach is effective. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, you're, you're reaching and, and let me just stop before I get to that question. Uh, tell me how many people y'all run on a Sunday and you have more than one campus, don't you? We have, uh, right now we have two campuses and, uh, we're, we're running around 
4,000, 4,500, somewhere around there. We, we have uh, eight services, four at our Bandera Road campus and four at our downtown campus. We, we've just, we, that's how we've multiplied our, our, our ability to reach people is we just keep adding services. Yeah. But by the way, I think that's a key thing because you can get to a certain place where once pe- the, the building's so crowded, then, right. then people aren't going to come. I mean, I hate to say that. I mean, it's a, it's a simple uh, <laughs> space issue, but, but that is an issue in reaching people. There is, there, is a, there is a principle, Sammy, that we've seen true, and not just in our context here, but, but even in other parts of the world. When a building reaches about 80 to 85% capacity, it, it becomes a limiting factor to people wanting to come. But if you add another time slot, you provide more space, people will come. And so, like I said, on Sunday mornings, we have four services back to back to back. And, uh, and, that- and we found that people will come, uh, they'll pick the time that they like, and they'll come to that service. So, and, and that is, I, I think that's a critically important thing. You know, it's not looked at as something spiritual. <laughs> it's just something physical, practical, that's real. And, uh, and, mm. and, and you just have to implement it. And, uh, but for services, that makes it tough on you. Uh, how, how do you handle that? <laughs> it is hard. You have to discipline yourself physically, vocally. You know, I, like I even have to take calories all throughout the morning and, you know, drink a lot of water. And it's, that's true for our worship leaders as well. I mean, think about it. They're doing all of those songs. Like if they do four songs where well, they're going to do it, they're going to do 16 songs. Yeah. And so they have to really discipline themselves and you have to discipline yourself spiritually too. I mean, yeah. it is a spiritual exercise, yeah. uh, but you know, we've gotten used to it. We, you find your routine and your groove and uh, and you do probably, and you do have to take more time off. You can't it, like, it's harder. It would be hard to do 48 weeks of preaching doing that. Mm-hmm. So, so I've developed a teaching team who shares the teaching load as well. Uh, that's great. You know, and, and these are some of the practical things I think that, you know, would be helpful to a lot of pastors uh, who, who are kind of at that place. Where do we go from here? What do we do? And, um, and, and you know, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but to have a growing church, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, uh, just, <laughs> just, just a lot of work. And uh, I, I know from preaching in churches, I've preached in, you know, your church. I've preached in other churches with multiple services. And uh, for me, I, I'll be honest with you, the hardest thing is I, I, that second or third service, I'm thinking, did I'm I say that? myself. <laughs> yes. I've told these people this before, and, and 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 I haven't. So keeping fresh is is really a hard thing. It is, and so I, I what I found helps me because of that. <clears throat> because you're right, you're 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 standing. You you can be speaking, but also thinking to yourself, "Have I said what I'm getting ready to say yet?" I can't yeah. remember. It it does mean you do need to have like a skeleton outline that reminds you of what order you're going. So. It is different preaching when you do it four times than when you do it just once. Because when you do it just once, you probably you don't need as many notes. But I, we use at least the outline to keep us in the flow. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you don't repeat yourself or you don't skip over something that's the most important part of your talk, thinking yeah. you've already said it. Yeah. Let me get back to that question that I was uh, was going. How effective? Oh. Are, are do you think you are? With okay, now that someone's come to Christ, bringing them into 
the discipleship process? I think we've been very effective uh, in, in helping people who genuinely were far from Christ become full disciples. So I'm going to give you the example of our current executive pastor. Okay. When she first visited our church, it was a Christmas Eve service. She had not been to church in about 15, 17 years, and she was in a lesbian relationship at the time. And, but she felt welcome there, and she came back a couple of Christmases, and eventually she started coming on the weekends. I'm, I'm, I'm going to short. I'm going to give you just like her story in two minutes. She eventually trusted Christ. She eventually realized that the way she was living was not the 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 way that uh, you know would be best for her in in walking with Christ. So she eventually broke off that relationship. She went through our discipleship process, uh, actually, I think a couple of times, maybe even several times. The way our discipleship process is designed is you go, we, we encourage people to go through it two, three, four, five times. And anyway, and over time, she's become one of the strong, strongest leaders in our church. She, she was, and at that time, she was an executive at USAA, a big corporate, you know, big corporation in San Antonio. In fact, I think largest employer. She was a high senior executive and uh, doing really well, and eventually felt called to come and, and serve on our church staff. But anyway, she, she started from being a, an unbeliever to trusting Christ and going through our discipleship process, and now she's leading others uh, in the same way. So That's great. That's great. And that, that's really what you want. You want people to come to the place of knowing Christ, growing to the place where they can reproduce that a tra transformed life, growing from that transformed life into the place where they can minister to others, and that—that's the multiplication process of right. of, of um, you know helping others to to grow and and be what God wants them to be. If you were talking to a pastor right now, and you could say anything that would be helpful to that pastor to develop an evangelistic church, what would you what would you say to him? I believe the key, Sammy, and I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again, is to create a church environment that is messy. And messy meaning, okay, we have gay and lesbian couples that come to our church. And some of them are married. You know, they've, they've, they've lived in other states and they come to our church. And we've created an environment where they know they're welcome here, that we love them right now just as they are. And, and what, what I think churches struggle with is creating a messy culture where you you are okay with that because that's where all unbelievers start. They start wherever they are in their lives, and 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 if someone's struggling with an addiction, we have people who show up at our church who are struggling with drug drug addiction or porn pornography addiction. They they have to feel loved by us, which means things get messy, and you and so it's it's important for the believers. The uh, you know in your church to also understand yeah things are going to be messy there's going to be a lot of people at different stages in their spiritual journey and we think that's what Jesus wanted and so I would think I say I think that's the key it's it's creating a culture where you're okay with a little bit of messiness so uh, one one thing and I know the first question that a pastor <clears throat> would then respond to is okay you have people coming in with with things that are are morally wrong, uh, but do you? How do you then root yourself in moral truth and 
by the same token, show them grace and, and, and does that, that grace leave them there or does the truth with the grace, what, what happens there with the, the transfer transforming process? And, and, and that's where the messiness gets in. I, I know is what you're yes. saying, but, yes. but, but, uh, how, how, how do you help people to come to grips when you're letting them know they're welcome with the truth that now this is, this is where you need to head. So how uh, th- there's that tension there. How do you, how do you handle that tension? Well, uh, and so like I just did a series on marriage and relationships. And then in the last uh, message, I talked about sexual boundaries in our sexual lives. And of course, the the moral teachings that we teach as Christians are not really the same as what our culture practices here in the United States, at least. Right. And so I taught people some some sexual moral boundaries that are not what most of the people in our culture practice. And I talked to people in my church and I said, I know some of you are not practicing what I'm talking about. I want you to know you're still welcome here and we love you, but I'm challenging you to rethink what you believe about this area of your life. I believe what Jesus teaches will set you free and give you an abundant life here and now. And so you have to, you, so we try to speak to people where they're at and cast vision for them to believe that Jesus teachings really, really are. Uh, the way to experience the best life here and now. And we, we give them space to come to believe that. Now, we do have, Sammy, there, there is a point where we ask leaders and teachers in our church. No, there, there are expectations we have. We expect them to live and to practice the teachings of Jesus and the New Testament. So you see what I'm saying? So we do have places in people in certain roles in our church that we expect them to to make a commitment and to live out the moral teachings of scripture. Okay. So I'm going to go to one other thing and then we'll wrap okay. this up. Okay. Right. So you get a person, they, they, they begin to come and, and I've seen this happen many times and, and I'm not just talking about sexual, it can be addiction yeah. or whatever, you know, uh, but anger, they, they come, love of money and it could be anything. Right. Right. And they, they begin to grow in Christ and they begin to, you know, develop in their walk with God they may become into leadership, and then they go into this relapse of this old life. So what happens then? Well, okay, so in our environment, we, we understand that that is going to happen. And we, we approach that person with the same, the principle of grace and truth. We reach out to the person. This, to me, this is like the, law, the prodigal son. The prodigal son was already a son. And... But it's the posture. Our posture, if if you you know, if, as you remember the parable, is to have open arms and to to look forward to helping a person who comes to their their senses and says, "Oh man, I messed up. I went down the wrong path. Uh, I want to get back on the right path." We we welcome them back and we help them, uh, you know, uh, get back on on the right path. I don't know, but. Uh, we understand that that is going to help. And we do speak truth to people. And I've found, Sammy, that if you'll speak truth to people, that's what actually helps them uh, make the right decision. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you love them, but you don't speak truth to them, then they'll not, they're not likely to make the right decisions. Right. And so that's how we, we navigate that. 
Well, that's great, and and I I, I just know I've been in in the church on several occasions, and and uh, I'm just see what God's doing, and it really is remarkable. I mean, you have so many people whose lives have been transformed, and uh, it, it's just a, a a real blessing to see uh, what's what's happening there in the church, and and uh, and I, I appreciate it so much. I um, want to encourage people. Uh, you you have do you have some things online that are helpful or can you share some of those things with us? Sure. If uh, anybody who would like to go to our website, which is at city church so they can go to city uh, We upload all of our weekend services and messages, so they can check that out. Uh, they can also find out information about our discipleship program that I said is called Peel the Onion. And then the one that's for brand new believers is called Starting Point. Uh, and, you know, is those are the website there. Yeah, they can at least find out information about it. And, okay. and then if they want to talk to my staff members who lead those programs, uh, I would I would I would love to be able to connect them and share resources because we do have materials that go with that. And we'd be willing to share that with anybody uh, in your network who would like to have the, those resources. Great. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. And uh, uh, City Church is just reaching a lot of people, uh, people that most churches don't reach out to. And I just thank God for that. And thank God for what you're doing, Brent. Appreciate you so very much. And uh, just thank you for being a part of this. And for all of you who've been listening or watching on Facebook, either one, just thank you for Uh, taking the time to spend with us. And we hope this has been a blessing to you. And we will look forward to sharing more with you. God bless you. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.